Praise God. Praise God. How many people are excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Let me hear you. Praise God. God is good. You guys have braved this uh, little, I say little, we're from Chicago, right? I mean, this is nothing, uh, this snow out there, but we Chicago tough. My name is Pastor Lewis Roman Jr., as they mentioned, and I have the great privilege of pastoring. My wife, Barbara, and I, we pastored the New Life Mount Clair location. It is in the northwest side of the city of Chicago, and it's, if you're familiar with that area, we're kind of wedged in between the intersections of Grand Avenue and Harlem Avenue. And uh, we've been pastoring there for about four and a half years. Uh, my wife and I have been married for 17 years uh, I have three beautiful children, Matthew, Emily, Caitlin. They range from 16 to 10, and uh, I think that's all you need to know about me, amen? Let's get started with the Word of God today because I am excited to give it to you. How many people are excited to receive what God has for them today? Before we jump in, I want you to go on ahead and just close your eyes, and, and let's start this off the right way, Amen. Father God, we come before you at this time, and we thank you, we love you, we worship you, God. But right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help your church to take all of the distractions that are in their minds, that are fighting for their attention, Lord, that you would cast those distractions to the side. For those of us who are watching online, that we would be able to take these distractions, shut off whatever needs to be shut off, and focus solely on you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to open our ears to hear what it is that you have to give us today. I pray, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to see what it is that you want to show us this morning. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would soften the soil of our heart, Lord, so as the seeds of your word get thrown on it, Father God, that our hearts would be able to receive it. Father, knowing and understanding that everything else that our to, isn't our to-do list will still be there when we get out of service so let us give you our undivided attention all of this and all of this we say in the name of Jesus Christ amen amen and amen well today we are continuing on our series that is titled come alive and it is found in the book of Ezekiel Pastor Mark Job did a great job last week in uh, starting off this series. He actually took you to the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And it's in this chapter that we see that God takes Ezekiel through a vision and takes him to a valley of dry, dead bones. And then, Pastor Mark, to help him illustrate that, bring up somebody to introduce to you guys. How many people here remember meeting Benny Dry Bones? Let me see your hands. All right, you guys remember Benny Drybones? If you're watching us online, listen, I want you to interact with us as well. So go on ahead and, and put the raise hand emoji, comment on there. I want you to feel like you are in the building, amen? And so he bring out Benny Drybones, and he was describing how Benny Drybones was someone that was on fire for God. He was on a mission for God. He accepted Christ. He was attending church in a small group. He was doing all of these good things. But then he stopped paying attention to the word. And what happens is he began to get dry. 
Well, Pastor Mark did such a great sermon, did such a great job presenting this sermon last week that as Pastor Mark was preaching, Benny dry bones was there in the back and, and the ligaments started coming back. His muscles started coming back. His skin started coming back and his organs started coming in place. And no longer, church, is he called Benny dry bones. He's actually now called Benny big bone. Benny big bone. Amen. All right. That was my joke for the day. Today we're going to go on ahead and we're going to dig into the beginning of the book of Ezekiel. It's where God goes on ahead and he shows up to Ezekiel. He presents himself before him and he begins to give him the message in which why or what his calling and his purpose is going to now be. The book of Ezekiel is focused on this call to the Israelites to, to wake up. To listen to the word of God. To come alive from the present state of death. You see, they had been so busy sinning towards God. They were so busy no longer paying attention to him. They were doing whatever it was that made them feel good. Putting all these substitutes for God in, his, in their lives. That they began to fall asleep. They began to fall asleep to the word of God. And so much of this book is filled with this alerting call to wake up. I want you to look at somebody next to you and tell them, wake up. How many of you here today like to set alarms on your clocks to wake you up in the morning? Let me see those hands. Amen. You know, before we used to set them up on alarm clocks, some of you guys say, you know, say, no, I don't, alarm clock, I don't have one in my house. I use my phone. Right? You set up your alarms on your phone, you put it in bed, and you go to sleep. How many of you actually not just set them, but actually wake up when it rings? Let's see those hands again. It's funny because in the first service, it was the same response. A lot of people set the alarms. Not everybody wakes up. Now, how many people here are what I would like to call snoozers? Let's see the snoozers in the house. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Listen, there's nothing wrong with snooze. There's nothing wrong with, you know, you're comfortable in the bed. You're nice and warm. And you just, five more minutes, five more minutes. But I've got something to say about that. If you do it, that's fine. But you have to be careful. Because if you raised your hand as being a snoozer, then you know that there may have been at least one time in your life in which you hit the snooze button one too many times. And all of a sudden, you had to be somewhere at 830, but it's 9 o'clock. And guess what? You're still in bed. You had to get to work for a meeting, but you're still sleeping. You had to get to school for an exam, but you, you missed it because you were still sleeping. I have a great example of this in my personal life. Every time I wake up in the morning and, and start putting my coffee to brew, I tend to still hear an alarm somewhere in my house. I remember I told you I have a 16-year-old child, a 16-year-old daughter, and she's very famous, really good at setting up an alarm and not waking up. As a matter of fact, the only way she wakes up is when I walk into her room, open up the door, and I say, hey, you got to wake up. We got to go. You're going to be late to school. Some of us in reality, listen to this, have gotten so used to hitting the snooze button on our alarms that they no longer work. The alarms ring. The buzzer's going on. The alerts are everywhere, and we're still sleeping. It is very possible, church, to program your mind. If you hit the snooze button in life enough times, it is possible to, to program your mind to not listen to the call that was designed to wake you up. And that church, that church is what the people of Israel were experiencing. 
in the beginning of the book of Ezekiel. You see, Ezekiel occurs during the time of exile in the Israelite history. Judah had been sieged and had been taken over to Babylon. They had took a large group of the people with them, and Ezekiel was actually one of his brothers in this group. Now, see, God had protected his people. God's covering was over them. But the moment they began to live a sinful life, the moment that they began to, to, to continue to hit the snooze button on God, the moment they continued to stop listening to the word of God, they fell asleep. And the more that they fell asleep, the more and more further away they got from God. And so God removes his hedge of protection. And now the people of God, they are away from their home. They're in a strange and foreign land. And as they live there, listen to this. This is very important. They are giving up on hearing the voice of God. Even in the midst of the despair, even in the midst of the tragedy, tragedy, even in the midst of all that's going on, they have forgotten. They are giving up on listening to the voice of God. And you know what they began doing instead? They began to fill their heads with other voices. Now, although it's not identical, but when I was putting this together, I couldn't help but be reminded of the current situation that we find ourselves in. What, where we have found ourselves within the last few years. The reality, church, is that many of us find ourselves living in a world that is filled with uncertainty. We don't know what's happening tomorrow. We kind of throwing out the playbook. We don't know. Every day is something new. Every day there's a new guideline to follow. Every day there's new reports. There's new studies. All of these things are, are just kind of getting us to a place in which we are saying, hey, you know what? I'm just, I don't know where I'm at no more. Many of us are, are, are living in a, in, in, with despair. Just like the Israelites' church. This, this is a good, a strong, real, but sad reality is that many people today are giving up on hearing the voice of God. There are some people that you have done ministry with, some people that you have served God with, some people that you were involved heavily with, but now they have stopped listening to the voice of God because there's just way too much noise. There's just too much uncertainty for them. And to make matters worse, again, they are filling their heads with different voices. Well, that looks interesting, so they're filling their, their selves with that. Well, that study's information is good, so they're filling their voices with that. They're listening to what people are saying. They're listening to information that is coming from all areas, from every background, from everywhere, except for the very Word of God. It's in this moment, church. It's in this moment in the time of Ezekiel that God comes and he speaks to Ezekiel while Ezekiel is in exile. If you have your Bibles with you, with you, I'd like to take you there with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 1. We're going to read verse 1. This is the calling of Ezekiel. This is the commissioning of Ezekiel. God is about to give Ezekiel a word. This is how Ezekiel explains it. I just want to show you. I want to take you there. I want to paint a picture for you. It says, in my 30th year, in the fourth month on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. This is a vision that he's receiving. Verse 2 says, on the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of exile of King Jehoiachin, the word of the Lord. Everybody say, word of the Lord. 
the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest. The word of the Lord. 82 times the word Debar, which is the, the Hebrew word for word, is used throughout the book of Ezekiel. 82 times. You know, this, that's not on accident. That's on purpose. The main repetition is the word of the Lord coming to Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel is a book that illustrates the vitality of hearing, of listening to the word of God. And this is very, very important for us today, church, to be listening to the word of God. I tell you that it's important. Why? Because the reality is we live in a world that is filled with distractions. How many people say amen to that? We live in a world that is filled with distractions. Everywhere that you look, everywhere that you take a peek at, there are distractions. There are millions of distractions that are fighting for your attention. There are things all over the world that are trying to get you to consume it, to be absorbed by it, to keep you stuck there so that you can stay away from the Word of God. I remember when it was just newspaper to read the news, and it was just watch the news if you wanted to find out what the weather was or what was happening around in the city. Now we have news 24-7 on our smartphones, and a lot of us are really much more consumed in that than in His Word. You guys remember when deciding what to watch on TV was easy? You're laughing because you know what's up. It used to be easy. When I was a kid, I would sit in front of my TV. We had a tube TV, and it probably had only 12, 14 dials with the anten- bunny antennas, and I would just keep switching, switching, switching. It looked like the Wheel of Fortune wheel. When I was a little, I always thought it was the Wheel of Fortune wheel. And you just kept doing it until you found something to watch, and that was it. There was no other options. And then my parents upgraded to cable TV. A lot more options, but it was still, you turn on the cable and whatever's on is on. But now I tell my wife, Barb, let's sit down and let's watch TV just for an hour. And I tell you, there's some times that it's been an hour and a half and I'm still flipping through the different apps, Netflix, Hulu, all of these different things. There's just way too many options. There's been times where my wife says, okay, find something to watch and call me when you're ready. And I've been there for an hour and I'm just like, Already dozing off. I found something. You can watch it. It's probably a great show. I'm going to bed. It doesn't have to be TV. It could be anything. Anything that is consuming your time. Anything that is taking lots and lots of your attention. Listen, whatever, listen to this. Whatever you spend the majority of your time in is what will begin to shape you. Whatever you spend your time in is, will be, is what will begin to shape you. If you spend your time listening to all of this news and all of this gossip and drama, then that's gonna, you're going to begin to become shaped like a gossiper and dramatic person. Many of us, church, listen, many of us, if we're honest, we're spending a lot of time in the playgrounds of distraction. We are. Many of us, we're playing around in this playground where we're into everything except for really spending time with Jesus. And listen to this. As long as you are distracted, you know what you're doing? As long as you're distracted, what you're doing is you're going on ahead whenever God is trying to get your attention and you're hitting the snooze button on God. 
Every time God tries to get your attention. Maybe you say, listen, listen, with the first of my day, I want to, I know that I got to give it to God. I know that when I wake up, I've got to, I got to go on ahead and read the word. I got to speak to God, just spend some time with him. Because when I do that, it really deeply impacts the rest of my day. You have it all in your mind. You have it all planned up. You set up the alarm clock to wake you up early, but then the alarm rings and you realize, oh, but I'm tired. Oh, but I've got to get ready. Oh, but I forgot to iron my clothes. And what do you do? You hit snooze on the Word of God. With the first of our week, we should worship God together collectively in a church just like we're doing today and we're watching us online. And in your mind, you say, yes, God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to receive the word that is alive and transforming. I'm going to receive that word. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. But all of a sudden, hey, guess what? Game night took a little bit too long Saturday night. You stood out hanging out too long. Or you're saying, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I want to get to church. I want to do that. Oh, but you know what? Well, you know, you know what's happening? I, I, I got to get ready for work tomorrow. I've got a long week. I got to prepare mentally to be ready for this week. So what happens instead of coming to church and receiving his word, what do we do? We hit the snooze button. Spending time with our family, knowing the importance of devotion with them, praying with them, maybe after a meal. And in your mind, you say, I'm going to do that as soon as I get home because I know it's important. I know that as a parent, I must train my child in the ways of the Lord so that when they get older, they will not depart from it. But you get home from work. You're tired. Oh, man, the game's on. You know what you do? You hit the snooze button. Or lastly, God begins to tug in your heart and says, listen, I've got a calling in your life for your life. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a mission for you. I've got something that you remember. I placed it in your heart, but I need you to begin to read my word. I need you to begin to study it. I need you to be able to become what it tells you to become so that you can go and do what it tells you to do. But you say, you know what? But I'm too busy in this relationship right now. I don't got time for God. I'm too busy trying to get my career in order, so I've got to do all my studies. I don't got time to get into my calling. And what happens? We hit the snooze button. On the word of God. This was the state of Israel, church. I'm trying to paint this picture for you. They had put the word of God on snooze for so long that the Lord had enough. His protection was leaving. Judgment was coming. The price that they were going to have to, be, to pay was going to be great. So God shows up to someone. Listen to this. God shows up to someone who wasn't interested in hitting the snooze button on his word. God shows up to someone that wasn't playing, too busy playing around in the playgrounds of distractions or listening to the other voices that were going on around him. He appears to Ezekiel in a vision. I want, you, I want to paint this picture for you of what Ezekiel sees in Ezekiel chapter 1, 26, the, uh, verse 26, the second part of it. It says this, and high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal as it was full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire. And brilliant lights surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. I tell you this because Ezekiel sees something. Ezekiel goes on ahead and he sees the glory of God. Ezekiel sees the majesty of God. He sees the brilliance of God. He sees the power of God. And you know what that makes Ezekiel do? 
It makes them get into the proper position to receive the word that God has for them. And church, you all have a calling. Just because you're not holding a microphone up here, you have a calling. There is a purpose for your life. God has a message for you that needs to get delivered. And so if we're going to step into that calling, and I sure hope you're going to join us in this year of 2022, we're, we need to wake up. If you're going to step into what God wants you to do, you need to wake up and step into that calling. And you know what's the first thing that you need to do? Don't, uh, don't go sign up for any classes or whatever the case is. That's good. You need to do that. But the very, very first thing you need to do is position yourself to listen to the Word of God. Place yourself in the proper position to receive the word of God. The, 27, the 28th verse, second part of it says this. When I saw it, I fell face down. Everyone say face down. And I heard the voice of one speaking. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. Listen, this is important right here. Have you ever talked to your children? And you're telling them something. Maybe you're disciplining them or you're giving them instruction. But they're looking the other way. Yeah, dad. Uh-huh. Yeah, mom. Uh-huh. They're not paying attention. They're receiving some of what you're telling you, uh, of what you're telling them. But they're not truly absorbing what it is that you are telling them. And so Ezekiel, when he sees this vision of God, Ezekiel, when he sees the brilliance of God, the majesty of God, the power of God, what does it make Ezekiel do? Throw himself face down. On the floor. He's face down on the floor because he sees the glory of God. And you say, Pastor, I'm not throwing myself on the floor because I don't see the, the glory of God. I don't see him. He's not showing up to me. Listen, dust off that Bible. He's there. He's in, your wor he's in the word of God. His words are there, ready to be read, ready to be absorbed, ready to be applied. Look and notice at Ezekiel's position before he receives the Lord, the Word of God. He's face down on the floor. See, I deeply believe that Ezekiel's position is what allows him to clearly hear what it is that God wants to tell him. Are we placing ourselves in that proper position, church? Are we giving our Lord and Savior our full attention? You see, God wanted Ezekiel to be fully alert. He was about to receive orders. Listen to this. In verse 2, it says, as he spoke, the Spirit of God came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard. Everyone say, I heard. Him speaking to me. Because he's in the proper position, because he's got all attention focused on God, when God says, stand up, what does he do? He stands up. Too many of us, we're too busy on our feet. We're walking and we're going into everything that looks good, that seems good, that smells good, that feels good. We're all over the place except for the Word of God. I believe that when you see the Lord the way Ezekiel sees the Lord, it ain't going to give you an option but to throw yourself in a, in, in a position of surrender, into a position of humility. It was God's way of saying, listen, now that I have your attention, Ezekiel, I need you to listen to what it is that I have to tell you because I've got something to tell you. So put on your listening ears because I don't want you to miss any of my instructions. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss whatever instruction the good Lord has for me. 
He says in verse 3, he said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites. Not only is he receiving a word from God, but God is saying, you got to go. God was saying, Ezekiel, the task that I have for you is going to require action. It's going to require for you to go on ahead and do something. See, many of us, we, if we're transparent, we're like, God, I want to receive your word. God, I want, I want to see the good in your word, but do I really got to go? Well, have you ever noticed that two-thirds of God is go? G-O-D. Take the D away, what do you get? Go. Church, there is always an action component to the call of God. Rarely can you stay where you are. Rarely can you do whatever it is that you have been doing and fulfill the, the call that God has for our lives. When you listen to the word of God, when you listen to the instructions of God, it's time to go. It's time to get moving. It's time to say, Lord, wherever you want to send me, I will go. Ezekiel came to realize this, church, and it's important for us to do the same. Now listen to where it is that Ezekiel, where God wants Ezekiel to go. In chapter 3, the second part, it says, To a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, they and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Wow. That's, that, those are some pretty, pretty big words. Let's look at obstinate, what the definition of obstinate is. It, it, it says this. Stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or chosen course of action despite attempts to pursue one to do so. Stubborn is having or showing dog determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially in spite of good arguments or reasons to do so. The people, even though the message that was being given to them, even though it was good, they didn't want to do it. If you're a parent here and you have children, you kind of understand what the word stubborn really means. You tell your kids, do this, mijo, do this. This is good for you. If you just do this, I know and they still said, no, I want to do it my way. God says, I've got a message, Ezekiel, that I want you to give to my people. Now, my people, they have stopped listening to me. And because they have stopped listening, they have revolted against me. They have become obstinate and stubborn. But Ezekiel, I've got this message that I need you to communicate. And listen to this. It's not your message. It's my message. But your job is to deliver it. That's one thing that we have to understand. In verse 8, he says, But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. You know what this is saying in a nutshell? Listen, I'll make this very simple for you. When we stop listening, you know what happens? We begin rebelling. When you stop listening to the instructions of what it is that God wants you to do, you start rebelling. Because anything opposite of the direction that God is telling to you, you to go, anything opposite of that is you're going in the wrong way. You're not listening. So church, my word to you is how well are you listening to the voice of God today? How well are you listening to what it is that God has for you? What are you doing to position yourself in a place that you are receiving the word of God? 
Listen to what God says. Do not rebel like the people of Israel. Do not rebel against God like the Israelites who failed. They failed to listen to God. Because not listening to God, that's not passive. You know what it is? It's, it's really rebellious. There's no I'm not sure option with God, church. Listen to this. It's very important. It's when God speaks to you, when God gives you a message, when God wants you to do something, it's, it, it, you can't just go on ahead and say, uh, you know, I don't know if I should do it. Either it's yes and obey or say no and be rebellious. That's a word that you need to listen to. You need to understand that. Some of us say, but pastor, you know, how is it that, 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 that I'm rebellious? How is it that you're telling me I read my word, I, I, I talk to God, I do all of these good things, I come to church on Sunday, but are you doing what God has told you to do? The call that God is telling you to do, to step into the, men, the ministry, to jump in or to start, whatever it is, are you doing it? Are you listening to it? Because those are two different things. But my question to you is, on which side are you positioned in this morning? Are you on the side of obedience? Listening, prostrated towards God, worshiping God, reading his word, studying it. Are you doing that? Are you placing yourself in the proper position so that you can hear God's still small voice? Or have you seen what he says, but you don't like it, so you're going the other way? Church, you have a calling. And just in order to... Step into that calling. You have to wake up. You have to step into that by first positioning yourself to listen to the word of God. And secondly, what you need to do is nurture yourself. You nurture your life by consuming the word of God. Not only are you supposed to place yourself in the proper position to listen to the word of God, but you need to be prepared to begin to eat it. Yeah, eat the word of God. How many people here have heard the saying, you are what you eat? You eat good food, healthy food, plenty of greens in there. Sometimes you see it in the outward appearance, but, so, but really the true benefit is what's happening on the inside. Someone once told me, someone once told me, you know what, food is information. Lewis, what information is it that you want to give your body? Some of us, we love, we love eating that junk food. You don't have to raise your hand on that one. We love eating that junk food, that greasy food, all of that stuff. We like putting it in our bodies. And reality, that sometimes, obviously, we see it. Listen, I'm Puerto Rican, and for Christmas, I ate plenty of lechona. You see it. But we eat all this junk, and really what's happening is on the inside, it's not looking very good. It's not. You are what you eat. And you know the next thing that God tells Ezekiel is, eat my word. Consume my word. Become one with my word. Listen to this. Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 8. It says, but you, son of man, hear what I say to you. There goes the hear again. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writings on the front and on the back. That's how much transgression the people of Israel had. Before, you know, they would just write in one side most of the time. But the, 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 the transgressions, the sin of the people are so much that they're in the front and the back. And there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. 
He says, eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So what does Ezekiel do? It says, so I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving to you and fill your mouth with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey. Throughout scripture, we see the references of the word of God tasting as sweet as honey. They didn't have this dove chocolate and all that fine stuff back in the day. The desserts, you had honey in it. It was all good. But God is saying, I've got a message for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a calling for you. But you need to start eating. You need to fix your diet, son. God is telling some of us, some of us that today. I've got a message that you need to deliver. But you need to fix your diet. You need to begin to deprive that flesh and begin to feed the Spirit of God. You see, to eat the Word of God was a biblical, is a biblical image of God's Word as a substance. To eat the Word of God was something that meant, okay, well, this is here in the outside. It looks appetizing. Let me begin to put it in the inside. What God was telling Ezekiel is, Ezekiel, I need you to intake my Word. He's telling Ezekiel, I need, to, I need you to savor it. I need you to fill your life and become one with my word. The other week, I went out with my son to the grocery store. And I went out ahead and I told him, hey, hey, hey Matt, pick whatever it is that you like to eat or to, to drink or snack or whatever the case is. He's into wrestling right now or he's doing wrestling at school. And uh, he's really, it, it, it's a big deal what he puts in, into his body. And so he says, Dad, I can't have that. There's too much sugar. Dad, I can't have that. Whatever the case was. But something got his attention. It was an open a refrigerator chest that had a five-pack of these little smoothies. I think the name is Yakul, something like that. I'm not sure if some of you guys are familiar with that, but it's like a little smoothie yogurt type thing. He says, Dad, I haven't had these in a while. They taste so good. I said, Matt, get them then and get some for your sisters as well. And so as he gets in the car, we pay. We're about to back up. Right as I'm starting to hit reverse, I haven't even gotten out of my spot yet. He's ripped open the pack. He's lifted up the top off, and he chugged it. He threw it back, man. It was gone. And I said, wait, 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 Matt, wait a second. Wait a second. Didn't you tell me that those things are so good, and you haven't had them for a while? Yeah. Well, then why are you rushing it? I said, do me a favor. Open up. This was a teaching lesson. I love teaching lessons with our kids. I said, open up another one. And when you open it up, I want you to just drink a quarter of it first. But before you swallow it, I want you to absorb it. I want you to swish it around a little bit in your mouth. Really take it in and then swallow it. And then when you're done with that, I want you to drink the other quarter of it and do the same. And then finish it off. And when he did, because he's a, an obedient child, praise the Lord. I told him, now you tell me which one was more flavorful. Which one did you enjoy more? He said, well, the second one, Dad. The one that I took my time with. It's the same with the Word of God, church. It's the exact same with the Word of God. We need to take the Word of God and not rush through it like it's just another checklist that we've got to put on our, uh, on our list. Don't you dare throw the Word of God in with your laundry list. You take the Word of God. You look at it. You consume it. You eat it. You enjoy it. You swish it in your mouth and take it in for what it is. Reading God's word, church, is great. It's awesome. 
but it doesn't matter if you don't take it fully in. I'm a big fan of these read the Bible in, uh, in a year thing. They're great, and I encourage you to do so. But just don't read it so you can check off, all right, I finished day one. I finished day two. I finished day three. No. If you're doing it, you just read something, which is good because you've increased your knowledge, but did you really soak it in? Some of us, we read the Bible, and then we put it in with our bookshelf of all the other collection of books that we've read, like a trophy case. That's not what the Word of God is. The Bible is not just a book that you read and you forget about. I've got two bookshelves in my house with books in there that I've read. Now, some of them I read five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. If you tell me, what was that book about? I probably forgot by now. The Word of God can't be the same. Your Bible cannot be the same. You know why? Because unlike any other book that you have there, self-help book that you have in your bookshelf, the Word of God is a transforming power. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is active. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's what the Word of God is. That Bible that you got at home, that's sitting on your desk, Hopefully you're really reading it, but there's power in that book. In the book of Ephesians, it tells us to prepare ourselves for battle with the, with, the, with, the, with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. That's how we fight, church. And so my question to you is we, if we are going to step into our calling, if we're going to do what God wants us to do, to deliver a message that he has for us to deliver, then the question is not only are you listening to it, not only are, are, are you eating it, but are you really beginning to order your life around eating the word of God? Some of you are saying, but pastor, what you are saying, if I, if I hear you correctly, is that I have to spend time reading the word of God, not just reading it, but really understand some time studying it and, and comprehending it. But, Pastor, in order for me to do that, I would have to reshape my whole day. I would have to move things all around. I would have to stop doing this. I would have to do all of these other things. My life is going to be turned upside down. Is that what you're saying, Pastor? Yes. Yeah. I don't got to sugarcoat it. Yes. This message is too important. The calling that you have is too important. Someone has to hear what it is that you have to say through his word. So are you ordering your life around eating God's word? Are you reading it like a meal? If I took you to a restaurant right now, one of the best restaurants in Chicago, and I, they, they, they put a, a, a beautiful piece of filet mignon in front of you, if you ate that thing so fast, you, have, you did an injustice to that piece of meat. How many of us, we've eaten so fast that we say, oh, man, did, did I really eat already? I feel like I'm still, I feel like I'm still hungry because you just gobbled that thing down. No, you get a nice expensive piece of meat and they put it in front of you. Take your time with that. Savor it. Move it around. You know? Read the word of God like a meal, church. Because that's what it is for your soul. That's what it is for your mind. Take it in like you would that favorite dessert of yours that you only see once a year in the holidays. Take it in. Savor it. Let it delight yourself in, in, in every single bite that you take. 
bringing God's word from the outside into the inside. Listen, church, we need to chew on the word of God. Chew on it. Study it. We need to chew on it. We need to eat it. We need to take our times with it. You know why? Because the nutrients that the Bible gives you is unlike anything else that you will receive in any physical food that you will ever eat. A lot of us eat healthy because we want to feel good. A lot of us eat healthy because we want to look good. A lot of us eat healthy because we want to make sure that we keep ourselves in proper order. Well, listen, the Bible has nutrients that are even more powerful than that. If you don't mind, I want to take you to tell you what a couple of them are. In the book of Psalms, chapter 19, verses 7 to 10, listen to this. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. That's the word of God. It is perfect and it is refreshing to the soul. Some of us are saying, Pastor, I need, I need some refreshing in my life. I need, my, I need some refreshing in my soul. Listen, read the word of God. Eat the word of God. I want you to say from now on when you go home, even if they look at you crazy, it's, I'm going to go eat the word of God. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Some of you are, are saying, listen, man, I keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Some of you guys are saying, man, I really wish I could step in my calling, but I feel like I don't have enough wisdom. Eat the word of God. Chew on the word of God. It tells us that the word of God gives us wisdom. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. I don't know about you, but how many people want a heart filled with joy? In the season that we're living in right now, in a season where all you see is tragedy, death, sickness. Listen, Lord, I need joy in my life. But guess what? I've got the perfect, the perfect meal for you. It's called the Word of God. It says it gives you joy. The commands of the Lord are radiance, giving light to the eyes. Some of us are walking in total darkness. Some of us are walking like we've got blindfolds on. Read the Word of God. Eat the Word of God. Chew on the Word of God. And then what once, what once was darkness will again begin to appear filled with light. You'll stop going and hitting, hitting the same obstacles in your life because you can't see before. You begin to read the Word of God. The Word of God it tells us in His Word that your Word, O oh God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Come on now. God, give me light. Guess what? You get it by eating the Word of God. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. Again with the honey. Some of us didn't get that, 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 that gold ring we really wanted from our spouse. Listen, you got the word of God. It's more pure than the purest of gold. Now, God, husbands, that's not an excuse. I don't want wives emailing me or emailing Pastor Mark and them and saying, hey, you kind of gave them an excuse not to give them jewelry. But I say that to tell you, take time. Take time digesting the Word of God. Take time on digesting what it is that you are listening to. Chew on it for a while. Write down whatever it is that you feel like God is telling you. Whatever stands out, write it down. Begin to study it. Invest in getting yourself a, a, a study Bible or a, a, a commentary of the Bible. Get it and begin to see, okay, what this verse says this, what does it really mean? God, what is it that you are showing me in this? Take your time with it. Chew on it for a while. Write it down. Do whatever it is that you got to do to chew on his word. 
to mine out all of the nutrients that are in his word. Listen, during our season of prayer and fasting, we aren't just not eating food. The whole purpose of our season of fasting is so that we would replace that time and nourishment with God's word and with his presence. Church, you have a calling on your life. There's something that God wants you to do. But to wake up, in order to wake up and step into that calling, you must not only position yourself to listen to the word of God, not only do you have to nurture your life by consuming the word of God, but lastly, and this is very, very simple but powerful, you must speak the word of God. Receiving and consuming the word of God enables us to deliver it. Well, pastor, I don't know what to say. Pastor, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, I, I, you know, I, I just really lack in this area. Read the word of God because that will allow you and give you wisdom on what to speak. It's there. It's in front of you. The instructions are right in front of you. This is what God says. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And rather they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them in their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Talk about a bad crowd. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them. Though they are a rebellious people, listen to this. It says, you must speak my words to them. Rather, they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. This is key. This is important right here. Ezekiel is told by God, listen, Ezekiel, this is the state of the people. It's a bad situation, but your purpose is to deliver this word. The, this was going to be a tall task for Ezekiel, one that was going to be very, very difficult. Ezekiel, listen to this, though, is called to speak to a people who won't listen. See, if we're going to come alive to God, we can't just receive the word of God. We can't just live it out. We have to embody it. And most importantly, we have to speak it. But when I tell you that you've got to speak that word to someone, it can cause fear. Sometimes people say, well, pastor, man, you know, I really want to talk to my family member. I really want to talk to my, my, my brother, my cousin. But the reality is, man, I'm kind of scared of how they're going to feel. I'm scared about what it is that they're going to think. It causes fear. That's why God says, Ezekiel, don't fear. We become afraid of, of how that word is going to be received. We become afraid of how it's going to affect our relationship. For some of us here, we've lost relationships because we have been willing to share the word of Jesus Christ with them. It's not going to be easy, but God says, Ezekiel, don't fear. He says, don't fear, listen to this, because it is, it is not your job. You are not in charge of their reception. Ezekiel is told by God, you go and speak to them, whether they listen or not. And whether you are afraid or not, you go speak to them. Listen, church, God's truth is not dependent on human response.
And as you continue to read the book of Ezekiel, you'll see that God would not judge Ezekiel for how well the others responded to the message. What God was going to judge Ezekiel by was how faithful and how obedient he was to giving it. Now, church, that ought to take a huge load off of your shoulders. Because you aren't responsible of what they do with the word that you give them, but you are responsible in giving it to them. Speak the word of God. We can speak it when we hear it. We can speak it when we chew on it, when we eat it. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. You see, Ezekiel was the spokesperson for God during this season. He was the very mouthpiece of God. And for some of us today, we're feeling like, well, pastor, if these people, they don't listen, they don't care, they don't want to receive what it is that I'm trying to give them this message that there's hope in Jesus Christ, that God can go on ahead and toss my sins as far as the east is from the west. So they won't listen, so why do I've got to do it? Like I said, because we aren't called to do the work, work of convincing we are called to be faithful messengers. We aren't called to persuade people into God's kingdom. We are compelled to faithfully live it out. You just got to give that message. Speak the message. Listen up, church. God did not rescue you from the pit of darkness that you were in just so that you can sit on that message of hope. God did not save your marriage that was crumbling just so that you can sit on, on the hope of Jesus and not share it with no one. God did not save you from the addiction that was making you deteriorate before the very eyes of your family members just so that you can sit on that message of hope. God did not rescue you, heal you from that sickness so that you could just sit on that message of hope. No. Yes, it's a tall task. Yes, the people may be, seem uninterested in hearing the good news of God. But listen, don't let what others think or what other, how others may act stop you from delivering the word of Jesus Christ. Don't get upset if people don't listen. Don't get discouraged if you pour your, but God, I poured out my heart to him. And he's just like, oh, well, uh, maybe not now. Don't get upset by that. We need to stand and pre the, preach the, the truth in love. Because the reality is, check this out. If they reject the message, they're not rejecting you. Who they're rejecting is God. Let God deal with that. The fact that some of you are sitting here today. The fact that some of you guys are watching us online today is because someone was obedient to their call. It was because someone, when God says, I've got a word that I want you to share with him. I've got a word that I, got, that I want you to share with her. They said, yes, Lord, I will go and deliver this word. That's the reason why you guys are sitting here today. Where would you be if that person said no to the message? Where would you be know if that person who shared Jesus Christ with you, when they received the word from God to talk to you about him, what were, where, where would you be if, you if they would have said no? Maybe still stuck in the pit of darkness. Your marriage still probably a mess. Still, still giving your life and your money to the addiction that was dragging you down. 
Your kids no longer are serving God because maybe, you know, because you didn't receive the word of God, you couldn't pray for them, and God didn't allow, wouldn't allow them to come to their senses and come running back to God. Church, you've got an important message. Just like you received it, guess what? You've got to give it. You've got to share your testimony. You've got to share the word of God. You've got to spend time in the word of God, consume the word of God, preach the word of God. This is a message, church, of hope that needs to be given to a dying world. That needs to, there are people that are dying every day that need to hear the hope and love of Jesus Christ. There was a time where one day me and my wife, we got out of church and we were driving. And I, I must have preached on this or something. But, but she was saying, man, but it's easy to, it, it, sometimes it's easy for me to talk to, to people that I, that I don't know and, and, and disciple them and speak to them about Jesus Christ. But it's hard for me to do it to my family members because they're, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're rebellious. They don't listen. They don't want to absorb what it is that I'm telling them. What, I wonder, what, what should I do? How do I do it? And at that, at that moment, while we were driving down Grand Avenue, I saw an old man that was walking, and he was getting ready to cross the intersection. I told her, I told her, Barb, listen to this. Listen, what would you do if I told you that this man, that as soon as he gets to the middle of the intersection, a car is going to come out of nowhere. It's going to hit him. He's going to fly up in the sky and die instantly. What would you do? She said, I would roll down my window, and I would yell out, stop, sir, stop. Stop walking. You're about to get hit and die. And I told her, Barb, just like that, that's the way you got to alert your family. That's the way you got to speak to your family. That's the way you got to preach to the, the word of God to your family with that same sense of urgency because it is a matter of life or death. Some of you guys say, Pastor, I would do anything for my family. Some of you guys say, I would give my, the shirt off my back for my family. Are you giving them the living word of Jesus Christ? Are you giving them the invitation to step into one day all eternity with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Do you love them that much? Ezekiel's calling in a nutshell is summarized, and I'll be finishing with this. It's summarized in chapter 3, the commissioning of Ezekiel. Verse 10, it says, And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Rather they listen or fail to listen. Church, just as Ezekiel was commissioned to deliver the word of God, so have we. Don't say, Pastor, that was in the Old Testament. That was just Ezekiel. No, Jesus Christ, when the Bible says that the word became flesh, right before he ascends back into the heaven to be seated at the right hand of his father, he goes out ahead and he gives us a commission that we know today as the Great Commission. He tells us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. See, he told Ezekiel, go to your people. Jesus tells us, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Listen to these words as we get ready to close. Go, make, baptize, obey, teach. If you catch the common theme here is that all of these words require action. 
All of these words require us having to get up and do something. These words, these things, they can't happen while we're sitting down hitting the snooze button on the Word of God. They can't happen while we're playing around in the playgrounds of distraction. They happen when we say, Lord, I hear you. Send me. I'll go. We are prompted to live by the Word by following His ways. Are you putting in specific guidelines to your life so that you can receive so that you can eat, so that you can speak the word of God? Are you doing that this, the, today, this morning, as a part of your life? Is that a part of a, one of your goals in the year of 2022? Because if they're not, they need to be. Because someone's got a message that they need to hear. And God is saying, you know that circle of friends? Don't wait for the pastor to get to them. I want to use you. In a recap, we are to listen to the Word of God. How do we do that? Place yourself in the proper position, whatever that looks like to you. If you've got to say, hey, you know what? I'm turning off the TV at a certain time because I'm going to give my time to the Lord right now. I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to pray to Him. I'm going to begin to be, kind of be quiet at times and meditate on Him so that I can listen to what it is that He's trying to tell me. Do that. Carve time out of your day. You've got to do that. Eat the Word of God. Eat it. You know, online, on our New Life application, what you can do is you can go online and download that if you haven't. But on there, it shows you three great ways that you can soak in the Word of God. Under the 21-day the, the fasting resources, if you click on that, there's a 21-day reading plan. And I like it because it gives you a word to read. And when you read it, it tells you to do three things. Actually, it tells you to read it kind of three times. The first time, it tells you to read it slowly. Remember, we're supposed to eat the Word of God slowly. Then it tells you to go on ahead and now pray to God and say, God, show me a phrase here. Show me something that you want me to meditate on. That's we're chewing the Word of God. And then three, pray and say, God, how is it that you can take this Word that you've spoken to me and how can I apply it to become a better disciple of you? And lastly, speak it. Speak it. Write down the names of people that right now you're thinking about. I'm going to ask that you rise up to your feet. Write down the name of people that are in your circle, friends, family members, that they don't, they don't know Jesus Christ like you know them. I want you to write their names down, and I want you to begin to pray, and I want you to begin to listen to the voice of God. I want you to begin to chew on the Word of God, and when you do, you can say, God, what is the Word that you have for me to share with them? Do it. Do it. Because they need to hear it. If you love them, they need to hear it. It's time for us to wake up, church. It's time for us to step into our calling. It's time for us to stop receiving, receiving, and receiving. But we need to start giving. We are blessed to be a part of a church like New Life that is a, a church on a move. Where we participate in these things. We go. We make disciples. We baptize people. We teach people what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you ain't doing that today, I invite you to start doing it. But before, what I want you to do is I want you to, with your eyes closed right there, if you can't do it physically, it's fine. But I would like for you to just go on ahead, just like I'm doing right here, and just kneel down. 
just kneel down on your knees right there where you're at. If you don't got space, you can come up to the altar if you want to do that. But I want you to kneel, and I want you to begin to place yourself. This is, this is just symbolic right now. In a sign of surrender, with your, with your hands lifted up just like this. Kneel down with your hands lifted up. Place yourself in the proper position and say, God, I need to hear from you. I want to hear from you because I know you've got plenty to say. And go before God and confess if, if you need to repent and say, God, I haven't been spending time with you. I want you while you're there in that sign of surrender. I want you to begin to speak to him right there where you're at. God, forgive me, Lord Jesus. Give me a hunger to consume your word. Father, give me, Father God, the, 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 the wisdom and the strength, Lord Jesus, the courage to speak your word. Listen, if you tell that to God, God will use you in a heartbeat. Because what he's looking for is people that are humble. He's looking for people that are saying, God, I'm going to stop hitting the snooze button on you, and I'm going to be looking with my eyes towards you. Father God, I pray that you will look at your people, that you would hear the petitions of their heart, Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you would give them what they need, Father God, to activate, Lord, these principles in their life. And if you're here and you're saying or you're watching us online and you're saying, Pastor, I want to eat, I want to I wanna receive, I want to speak, but man, I need to know him. I want to know him. If that's you, listen, I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ today. He says that he will give you a new spirit. The old will be gone. And so if that's you here today and you're saying, listen, I need to commit my life to Jesus Christ, then I encourage you that as the band is here playing, I encourage you to come up to the altar. I'm sure we have a team members that will be willing to pray for you and get you started in the right way. If you're watching us online, comment that. If you're giving your life to Christ and you say, I want to start fresh with Jesus Christ, comment that and we'll, pack, we'll pick that up and begin to get connected with you. All right, as the worship team is singing, I want you to be honest with the Lord, with the state of your heart, and begin to speak to him, and begin to be filled by whatever it is that he is speaking to you. Continue to speak to the Lord.